What's up, what's up, everyone? It's Danny Green here, back with more Inside the Green Room. My co-host, Harrison Sanford. It's brought to you by Dove Men Plus Care. In this episode, I have my guy Garrett Temple on, talk about a multitude of things, me playing my former team, uh, injury updates, Spencer Dinwiddie, Furkan Korkmaz, my newest teammate. Uh, let's get into it. That conversation about the Spencer Dinwiddie injury will happen in our interview with Garrett Temple, and we talked with him about a multitude of subjects. Uh, but Danny, before we even get to that, and obviously you have this matchup with the Raptors on Tuesday night, uh, I wanted to talk about the differences that I've noticed so far with this team you're on now versus the last two teams that you were on where we, where we started the show. I feel as if there's going to be a, a, a longer, larger learning curve for the team. Um, and maybe that's just because of the front office not being there, like obviously Doc Rivers is new and, and Daryl Morey is new. So there's not necessarily the foundation that maybe you had in with the Raptors. And then at the same time with the Lakers, you obviously had LeBron James and AD. And so that's a whole different caliber of, of, of athlete, obviously LeBron being in the running for one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest. So um, where do you evaluate where you are as a team vert in comparison to where you were with your last two stops? Well, yeah, this is definitely a different type of situation for everybody because it's new. Everything is new here from front office to coaches and players. So that's why it's going to take longer. Obviously, in Toronto, they still had the same front office, the same pretty much the same foundation of players and coaching staff. Some new changes, not a bunch. Um, in L.A., they had that team, new coaching staff, but a lot of those players, we had also more vets. We had a lot older guys that knew and understand and played the game for a long time. When you have a younger team, we have guys that have played and won. This is a younger team where guys haven't really – had that many years under their belt and haven't got a chance to win or, you know, be not many guys have been in a playoff uh, race or, you know, in those type of games or situations or been to the finals before. Uh, so that's why it's definitely going to take a little longer, longer learning curve um, because of how new the situation is. Um, and also so because we have so many young guys. Uh, so with those two things, those two variables, it's going to take a little longer price. Got to be patient with it. Um, but we have the talent, we have the smarts, we have the IQ. Um, guys are receptive, so I, I think we can get it done sooner than later and faster, hopefully, um, you know, before, you know, all-star break before, so we can get rolling and get the ball, you know, get everything clicking, everybody on the same page uh, before the playoffs start. So one thing that's different now with you guys as well, uh, as you guys try to go through this season, you got a limited training camp, obviously only two preseason games, and now mm -hmm. you're going to have to deal with this injury to Furkan Korkmaz, as I'm looking up here, I think it's a groin injury, but the correct medical term, at least, is a left adductor strain. Uh, abductor, so be yeah, adductor strain, yeah, adductor strain. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's left groin issue. Um, I saw him holding it and hurting during the game. I didn't know how serious it was, uh, but it's going to take a couple weeks. That doesn't heal right away. We, luckily for us, we have uh, depth on our bench, and we do have guys that are you know, eager for the opportunity. I think it gives Matisse more time, more opportunity. Um, obviously, me and Seth might play more minutes. Shake might play a little more minutes. Um, but so we have guys on our bench that are ready to go. Um, Tyrese Maxey, um, even Isaiah Joe. So we have so many other guys on the, on our bench that I think are very capable um, to go fill those shoes, but it's going to hurt for us. You know, Cork is a 40% shooter, almost average double digits for them last year. Um, and is a threat out there. So we're going to need everybody to step it up. Uh, and said with Joel, we have to see where he's at because we didn't know what his injury was last game until, you know, warmups that he had a back issue. So obviously we're a different team without him. But even with those guys being out, we have to be more disciplined. We have to be smarter. We have to take care of the ball and do little things and grow faster than what we're growing right now. Yeah, and I, and I 
I'm often during the course of this year, I'm probably going to allude to the last two years just because it's so present in my mind. And I think I was, I was so locked into watching the team. So I'm going to allude to it a bit. I, I believe that when it, you were with the Raptors, uh, you had this situation with Kawhi where he would often sit out, but there was such a foundation and such a, uh, a drive to win that it didn't feel as if his absence was as strong, uh, at least in comparison to what happened in Cleveland uh, on Sunday night. But obviously that's just one game out of 72, if not obviously more. Um, but I think that the juxtaposition of where a franchise might be uh, for sure, kind of for detailed sure. in that. Definitely. We had, uh, I said, the coaching staff had been there. Everybody knew the system. Everybody's still learning this new system here. Um, there was easier. Everybody is a well-oiled machine uh, offensively where guys can still, even he was out, we had guys still able to know the system. And we had leaders, you know, Kalo, uh, even Pascal was coming to him, but he's been there. Guys had some, some years. Some guys had played a couple years of college. Serge had been there for a while. Um, you know, Norm had been there for a while. We had a lot of guys that were, weren't super vets, but, you know, young vets and had been in that organization in that system for a while. And it was easy for them to just keep playing what they had been doing before me and Kawhi got there. Um, so, so with this new group and new coaching staff, new system, it's tougher when you have certain guys, certain missing pieces to figure out how we want to attack, how do we want to do this, how we're going to get our offense going. Um, and defensively, you know saying? Talking and communicating with the younger guys is we have to figure it out. We're used to having a big body and their presence when we need that rebounding, we need that you know rim protection. Uh, if we don't have that, it, it changes the whole dynamic of our defense and offense. Yeah, I, hopefully you guys, uh, as you go on, you can still learn each other better and, and, and learn the, the, the habits that you think might be more help, help the team be successful as you guys win. Hopefully that, that all comes together as you guys deal with potential uh, rest days or injuries. And obviously, uh, love, I know Philadelphia fans would love to see Matisse potentially get more time and 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 put in some good work there. Before we get to uh, Garrett, real quick, have you changed your mind on getting your ring from the Raptors? Because last time, I think our first show of the year, yeah. of the season rather yet, you said that you wanted to get it, get it over with. You did, That's what you were thinking, at least. Are you still there? I, you tried to talk me out of it, man. I and did. I saw that side. We're waiting a whole nother year because we go to Toronto, Tampa soon to play them. I don't think we'll ever be able to go to their arena. I don't think Canada's open anytime soon. It looks like everything is shutting back down in other cities. And Canada has been real strict for good reason of letting other people into the country. Um, <clears throat> so I think I'm still there. I think I'm just going to, in both those cities, just get the rings, man. And we'll celebrate another time. Hopefully. Oh, so they're not bringing it to Philly. Uh, no, I think it would have to be in Toronto uh, or in Tampa. Um, if I were to do it, um, I don't know. We haven't spoken about it, um, but I think it said they have to get it done this year um, instead of waiting a whole nother year. Because I know people that have gotten the ring that aren't even on the team. You know what I'm saying? You guys have the ring plaque or the fake ring, you know what I'm saying? Or the the, yeah. the fan ring. And I'm like, oh, you got one? Like, yeah. You haven't gotten yours yet? No, nah, I haven't got mine. So um, I think it's due time. So we'll celebrate when it's rightfully so in front of the fans just to hopefully, they, you know, tribute or just a hello or welcome or intro introduction, just where I can get maybe a, you know, a little small ovation or something like that. But uh, I think it's time to just go ahead and just collect the hardware, man, instead of waiting. See, well, here's so here's so here's my counter argument, and then we'll get to the Garrett Temple interview. Mm -hmm. If the time, if if you just want to get it over with or just get the ring, which is you know, which you're fair, which is fair. Um, then why don't you just get it Tuesday night? Why don't you just have them bring it to Philadelphia? You're not doing it for That's the fans anyway. Very but true. Too, I'll do that too. But 
you're too late though. You're not bringing it. So therefore, I don't since know if you missed are. that uh, window. We we haven't spoken. I I don't know if they are. Um, but yes. So you think they might? It, it wouldn't matter it. to me. You think they might they just might. have it tomorrow? Just ready they and might. be like, Danny, you know. ready for this? They might. I, I don't know. I said I think they do have some fans in Tampa. Uh, they're allowing some families and fans to be there. But those ain't uh, It's not that Toronto fans. <laughs> but I, you know they're gonna do. I just wasn't. I wasn't a fan of doing it in the bubble. That was just not gonna oh, be for sure. enough for me. Uh, but doing it in a regular city where either I'm playing or they're playing, that makes sense. So either way, so at this point, it, it doesn't really matter. Uh, but I haven't spoken to them. I'm sure they're gonna talk to me tomorrow. I probably want to do it, and we'll figure it out from there. And if they do have it tomorrow, great. If not, then you know we worry about going to Florida. I'm I'm starting. Uh, I'm actually looking at your schedule now because I'm trying to figure out when you go to to play the Raptors in Tampa. So back to back, right? We have a couple of days there in Florida. I think it's in February or something like that, right? End of February. February. End, of, end of January. End of January. End of January. End of February. End of January. One of those. I don't see him just yet. Where? Man, I'll find it for you fast. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe no, there's no. End of February. Twenty first, twenty third. End of twenty first, twenty third. Oh, I'm bugging it. Oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so maybe you go the 21st, see what the vibe is like. <laughs> if you see, see if it's something that you want to do. And then if we're gonna do it, man, I'm gonna make that. And then do the 20, right then do it 23rd. We'll and see. And the 23rd be like, ah, right, yeah, this is this is right. I don't think it matters which day. I said, well, I'll probably let a discussion tomorrow. Uh, if I get there, I'll probably just do it, might as well do it the first day on the 21st. And then, you know, get it over with, play them 21st, play the 23rd. And then, you know, hopefully said when we open up the border and we get back to Canada and, and Toronto, get the play, chance to play back in the city and to get a small maybe introduction or something like that. We could, you know, mini celebration, however you want to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start a fan poll or something like that. Cause I start a petition. You start a petition. I'm, start a, I'm starting a petition. There we go. I'm starting start a, a poll. We can do a poll, man. Ask how to, uh, I'm sure the Toronto fans, I don't, I don't know. If they want me to be, you know, wait till I get back there to do it. But. And I'll ask, yeah, I'll, and we'll ask them to put themselves in your shoes, not just like what they want for themselves, but what do they want for you? And if they say, we could do both. I could, I could do both. We can act like I didn't get the ring again and do it again. <laughs> no. <when I> get... <laughs> uh, speaking of which, uh, the Lakers rings that they, I've seen, it's all over social media, they're fire. Um, yes. You got two rings to pick up at some point. Yes. Yeah, I hope you wait for the fans for that one at least. What's up, what's up, everybody? It's Danny Green back more inside the green room. My co-host Harrison Sefford. This conversation is brought to you by Dove Men Plus Care. And we got the one and only Garrett Temple. Actually, it might be more than one now. You have a little one, right? How's it going, man? How's Chicago treating you? How's the little one? How's family life, man? Especially during COVID and quarantine. Man, appreciate you having me on, DG. You know, we go way back, bro. We all yeah. us off the tournament in uh in 09. <laughs> um, nah, but I do oh. there is not there is not only one and only now. I do have one. Garrett B. Temple II, we call him two. He's a great man. Uh, wifey and him are up in Chicago. Um, you know, I, I got over the COVID thing. I wasn't able to see him for two weeks, and it actually got me ready for the season because now, I'm, you know, it's going to be eight days, ten days, five days here, and not being able to see him. So, um, you know, the season is what it is. It's a lot of back-to-backs, uh, but we're going to get through it, baby. 
For sure. I know you will, man, because I was just telling these guys, I, I told them a lot about your story before they even got in contact with you. Um, I, I'm a bias, especially toward guys like you, uh, because of the, the journey you've had to take, man, the route you had to come. I said, we go way back since we had to play you guys in the tournament, and we were not the number one guys on our team. And you had to fight, claw, and scratch your way in and out the league, back and forth, and to make your, your name and make a staple and be in a rotation in the league. And now you've been in the league for so long, longer than those other guys that were in your teammates um, at the time. So I said, you're one of my favorites, man, throughout the league, seeing what you've done and what you've accomplished and where you've come from. Um, but, yeah, back to those those tournament days, man, and college days, um, we had some good battles, man. But I said, I'm, I'm always, you know, it always makes me feel happy and proud to be able to tell your story and to, you know, to let these guys know of what you've been through and the journey you've been through. And I said, I'm sure you're going to keep on clawing back and, you know, turning things around wherever it is that you are. But I know Chicago is a, you know, it's going to be a different challenge. It's going to be a different uh, year, especially for everybody here as well for me in Philly, but I'm um, looking forward to what you guys can, can do over there and what you can bring to the table. Um, H, you want to get into some other stuff? Yeah, no. Yeah. I, if we could actually talk about Chicago a little bit, Garrett, what's your impressions uh, so far? Uh, of the team, obviously a, a rough start to the season, uh, a younger team that you're on. What are your impressions so far? That's the first thing, Harrison. Um, you know what I'm saying? We, we're really young, really young. And uh, this is the, it may be the youngest team I've ever been on um, in terms of guys that are actually playing. You know, I starting five, we got a 19 year old, a 20 year old, a 21 year old, 20, I, you know, the elder statement, statesman is 25. So um, our bench has a lot of veterans on it. Uh, myself, Thad Young, Otto Porter. Um, it's crazy me, me saying Otto Porter's a vet. He was my <laughs> rook, you know what I'm saying, in D.C. Um, you know, Tomas Sadoransky. But we're a young team, and because of that, as Danny knows, you got to learn how to win in this in, in this league, you know. Um, we just came off a, a very tough loss. We played much better uh, than we played the first two games, but we came off a, you know, devastating loss on the left, you know, basically game-winning shot. But you know, getting past those um, types of things is tough for a younger team. You know, you, it's hard to flip that switch or, or change that mindset. Okay, we got to go into the next play, or we got to go into the next game if if those things happen. So, I think the biggest thing for us is to not um, you know worry about things that happened in the past and make sure we zoned in on each each play, um, but at the same time, make sure each play. You know, we this we we play it as if it's the last play of the game. So um, uh, we have the talent. We definitely have the talent. Um, it, it's not it's not a lack of talent. We just got to get a mentality here. And I think that's part of the reason that they brought me here. That's why that is going to be big for us. Um, Otto, just getting some vets that can try to teach guys um, good habits and uh, try to help them learn how to win. Yeah, man, yeah. I, I was just crazy. I was just having this conversation last night, man, with uh, because we have all the talent, we have all the pieces, and when you got a group that doesn't know how to win yet, it's the small details and more so the attitude and the atmosphere, because teams that don't know how to win are quick to give up or quit or you know let plays domino effect in the direction of our body language, like just changing the body language. Um, even if we're down ten or fifteen, this is like. You know, now we can't do it all on our own, you know, individually. We have to do it together, you know, chip away little by little. Everybody wants to, you know, put a team on their back. Nah, you can't give up. You got you know, That's just changing that atmosphere, changing that attitude, that mindset is going to take a while of teaching guys, you know, what it takes to win and not give up, not quit, um, keep fighting, keep playing throughout the game. Because um, we had a, took a tough loss last night. Um, but, you know, it was a lot of, it's early, a lot of learning curves. 
but teaching with regard regardless of the talent or not, but teaching a team and a group how to win because you played for so many different teams, coaches, um, you've learned so many different you know philosophies. They'll bring to the table. That's going to be an unbelievable input that people don't understand how important that is. And I'm sure Billy's going to be you know talking to you and working with you and letting you and you other other vets you know to uh, allow you put your input. Um, so yeah, that's why Doc is looking to me and Dwight. And, you know, to me and him, pretty much the old outside of that is not really many guys that have one or you know have that much experience so our input is going to be very detrimental to how far we go throughout the season as danny alluded to uh before with the unc and lsu connection we're going to get to that before the the end of uh, this interview right here and i do want to touch on some more important subjects that as it pertains to uh the social justice movement or time that we're in right now in the country but before we do that i do have to ask one more pressing question uh because garrett i know you have familiarity with this team uh, Spencer Dinwiddie is done for the season, but it seems like a partial torn ACL. Obviously, you have familiarity with them. Uh, what what impact do you think that has on the team in terms of their championship uh, aspirations? I think it has an impact. Um, you know, that team is very deep. Um, but losing a guy that obviously is very versatile, um, I, you know, I reached out to Spence and um, sending my prayers to him. Um, you know, he's a guy that can play so many different roles in terms of being the number one guy, as he showed last year when Kyrie was out with our team, or being a guy that can just be the glue guy for a starting lineup, which he was doing early on this season, not having to have the ball, not having to be the guy, but still being, being able to make an impact. So I think it's going to hurt them more than people think because they are so uber talented right now. Um, from top to bottom, maybe the most talented team in the league. They're very, very – have a lot of depth. But losing Spencer – will will hurt them um and i just wish him the best the best uh for this recovery you know he's a he's a workaholic in terms of in, in the weight room and, and getting his body right so if anybody if anybody's gonna bounce back you know early enough uh for next season it's gonna be him i think um i, I don't know their locker room well but i can see because he was very much accepting that role that he's in now you know i don't think he was putting much tension on, you know, taking a back seat and letting those other guys. And I think he's also going to be the translator to the other younger guys or the the piece that was going to help like a Karis and those other guys kind of fall into their role, the Torian Prince um, to, you know, get them not to be frustrated and accept their roles and be more efficient in their roles. So I think he's a key in that sense. But um, even with losing him to Brooklyn is so dangerous. We know how deep they are. They have so many pieces um, they're trouble. And I think, us looking in us being in the East, that's the team that we're trying to prepare. We have to prepare to go be, be matched up with them or beat them because uh, they're the staples. So they're the most talented team in the league, in my opinion, um, you know, one through 15. Um, obviously, you know, Lakers uh, champions last year. So, you know, everybody, the West, but we're in the East. And I still, even with the West, I think Brooklyn, with the depth that they have, is the team to beat, um, even though it's this early on. But that's the team. And so when we look at him, it's like we look at them. It's like, man, we – we got some ways to go, you know what I'm saying? Even though they lost the other night, but it's like, yeah, we got some ways to go if we're trying to beat this team in the East or trying to match up with them defensively and offensively. We're to execute better on defensively. We'll be able to do this. We'll switch down the line, guard multiple positions. Um, but, yeah, losing a guy like Spence, even though they are so deep, they're still going to be very good. Um, he's going to be the guy that's going to help a lot of those other guys accepting their, their roles um, from last year to this year with those two monsters that they have over there. Depictions of black men in media and culture too often lean to harmful stereotypes. That's why my brothers at the MBPA and I are partnering with GovMen Plus Care to change the way black men are seen and treated with Commit to Care Now 
CARE stands for Care About Racial Equity. The MBPA's mission is to protect, support, and amplify. This partnership is based on that foundation to protect and support the players and their rights and amplify their voices. This initiative will help create a world where Black men are cared for, respected, supported, and protected. Together, we are changing representation in media and culture, supporting public safety and voting rights, and advocating for policies like the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, H.R. 7120. We created a petition everyone can sign to demand the Senate pass H.R. 7120. And as you, as the VP, man of the MBPA, uh, we're trying to see what your focuses are now with the election over uh, and the things of that nature um, towards social justice. Um, you know, just, I guess, tell us, I guess, a little bit about what you guys have been talking about, what you guys, even though we're not in the bubble anymore, what were the focuses in the bubble? And now that we're not in the bubble, uh, what are the things that you guys have discussed, talked about when it comes to still emphasizing and, you know, putting some bullet points on what we need to do as a group, as a, as a unit, as a fraternity moving forward in the future of how to, you know, handle social injustice and then keeping that voice, that movement, uh, those names alive. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly what you said. Um, just continuing to emphasize uh, what we want to do, what we want to make sure we put out there. Um, you know, I think the one thing that we didn't do, uh, we, we didn't let the name, we didn't let the, the names die. We didn't let the momentum die. I think that's one, one thing, one strong thing of the bubble was us going there, obviously playing, but keeping um, at, at people's minds what was going on and what the real what the real issue was. And um, I think that's what we continue to have to do. Uh, we have, a, you know, the NBA foundation. We also have a board that um, has put together a few players, um, a few coaches, um, your coaches on the board. Um, you know, your, your old teammate, Avery Bradley is on it as well. Um, some guys that obviously have the same mindset and, 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 and some guys that are, we're trying to make sure that the NBA, the league as a whole continue use to focus on certain things that uh, in the past may have just been a flash in the bucket type thought um, in terms of uh, minorities, uh, making sure we, we're doing what we need to do um, outside of the league. But another thing that we're going to continue to push for is um, stuff, you know, inside the league, more minority um, front office positions, um, you know, more minority coaches, things of that nature. Um, at least to a point where it can resemble what the the um, you know the the country itself uh, looks like. So there's still a lot a lot to to talk about, a lot to do. Um, and then from a personal standpoint, um, I'm just trying to reach people as much as I can. Continue to discuss things, continue to have conversations, hard conversations, tough conversations. Um, the type of conversations I had on AG's podcast um, with a lot of different people. And I think that's what, you know, personally, what, what the tangible thing people can do themselves every day is to continue to have those tough conversations and not just have to bring them up when something bad happens. You know, sure. I think that's I think that's part of the interesting thing that the league, the NBPA and, and people in general, uh, how do you and Danny, you could add to this, too. How do you balance between addressing the issues, keeping it present, but also battling against fatigue? Uh, with the subject matter because I know at times I, even I have been like oh there's a lot to take in right now but it, it's it seems as if it still needs to be emphasized but there's a delicate balance that you guys uh or that we all try to find how do you how do you maneuver 
that balance between having those tough discussions and continuing to to promote things like you know better hiring practices in the in, in the league man uh, i'll start it off i think i said you have we have help you know it's not just us doing it alone it helps when you have people around you um doing it as well educating them and then uh, also taking on the challenge even our not just people in the league but our friends uh you know within our small circles uh to be able to help teach them to be able to uh, have these have these conversations um throughout the year obviously we're ba- we're juggling so many different things on our plate with playing practices coaches teaching learning new systems um trying to get guys to learn how to win how to win how to play well yourself um you know and also trying to keep your your staple um in this league um and then said figuring out off the court stuff, whether it's family, friends, issues, and then the social justice uh, stuff. Um, so, you know, we can't just do it alone. So we have to, you know, sometimes you need to break, take a break from it for a second here and there, but you have help with your friends, your foundation, the people around you, um, like the PA, the board, everybody, Garrett, um, and other teammates on your team. Um, so it, it keeps it fresh. It keeps it, you know, for you, it helps when you have other people behind you or with you that are fighting this challenge or fighting this um, fight with you and helping have these you know, uncomfortable conversations. Yeah, piggyback on that. Um, exactly what he said. We have help, but also H. I, it's kind of just built to my DNA, man. I, I really can't even. It's it's just part of my everyday conversation. So it's not it's not as if I get tired of talking about it because it's you know. Um, How you I can up? never get tired ready? of talking. Yeah, I can never get tired of talking about the plight that my people are going through. I mean, it's just un, un, until the wealth gap goes from, you know, a dollar for every white family, um, you know, right now a dollar for every white family to to $6, six cents for every black family. I, 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 there is no time to stop. You know what I'm saying? If it, if it makes you, if it's makes you uncomfortable, we want to keep making you uncomfortable until something, something changes. So the balance between the exhaustion, I can't really say I get exhausted talking about it, honestly. And, until people, you know, and so that, that's where I'm at with it in terms of personally the exalt the balance. I mean, nah, that there is no stopping. I also yeah. think that it, it's is I wouldn't say fueling, but motivate more motivational for him as well now. So I don't have kids yet, but when you have two, you know, you're not just fighting for you anymore. You know, you're fighting for two and his future that's- and want things to be easier and better for him, uh, so that he has a fair chance when he's growing up. You know what I'm saying? But you're still going to teach him about the unfair fairness that we have in this world. But, you know, he's going to have to fight those. But hopefully he has more fair chance than we did when we were growing up. You know what I'm saying? Right. And our right. friends and family. So, um, so when I have kids, that's the reason why I keep fighting. You know, I don't want my kids to live better than – we all want our kids for our kids and our family and friends that are younger us, the next generation and youth, my younger brothers and sisters, um, to have a better future than we had or easier future. They don't have to fight the battle, the same battles that we fought. Um, but still teach them about the battles so that they understand and know and that they still have that edge. But, um, yeah, man, you said, you have those people around you and you grow up in it and you grow up um, with, I was fortunate enough to have a household to teach me about history, my, my dad, my parents, um, you know, my dad mainly, um, and, and still that in me. Um, it's easier to keep, you know, having those conversations when it's built in your DNA. Right. Yeah, and, and Garrett, I, I, I've heard of some of the stories that your family has gone through uh, in the state of Louisiana and dealing with social injustice and, and racism, uh, to be frank. I know, I believe it was your uh, father who had interactions with David Duke. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. He was a freshman at LSU when David Duke was a junior. And they had a, a few discussions in, a, in an area called Free Speech Alley at LSU. And for those that don't know, David Duke was became the... Um, 
the Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan, meaning he was the head guy of the the Ku Klux Klan, the white supremacy group. So um, that was my pops had to go head to head with him when he was 17 years old. Yeah. Yeah. So I could imagine that, you know, all those experiences helped influence you now. We wish you uh, the best of luck this season and uh, hope that you continue and you and the MBPA uh, advisory group, executive group can continue to push forward uh, things that matter uh, the most to everybody in the country, especially dealing with the social injustice issues. Before you go, before you go though, because I know you got to get ready. Second round NCAA tournament, Greensboro, North Carolina. <laughs> LSU versus North Carolina. Which one of you in guys- In Greensboro, North Carolina, come on. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Which one of you guys remember the final score? I know was, that was the, the toughest game was, we had in the tournament. It was, it was the toughest game. game. I remember they beat, they beat Michigan State by 25 that year. They beat everybody in the tournament by 20 plus except us. I think they ended up beating us about 14 or 15, but we were up by five with six minutes left. Yeah, I thought we, I thought we ended up, it went about like seven, I thought, like maybe nine. 84, um, 84 to 70. Okay, so we that don't was know. That the final score, yeah. But, uh, that was the toughest game. Yeah. yeah, and then finally, uh, before I let you go, anybody want to take a stab at who led the game in scoring? Marcus Thornton. I would say Marcus Thornton. Or Ty Lawson. Or was it Ty? Because Ty had Ty. 20 in the second half. Ty ended up hitting some big shots for us. Is it Ty or Marcus? Oh, it might have been Wayne. It might have been Wayne. Wayne was going off too. Wayne Ellington had 23. Yeah. Ty Lawson had 23. Marcus Ooh. Thornton had 25. There you go. Marcus Thornton. Yeah, Thornton. Yeah, Marcus, yeah. Boy, he was a, he was a guy. Well, he had... He had that torch with him, Marcus. Hey, they had some pros on that on that floor, though, man. Yeah. They had some pros on that floor. <laughs> yeah. Six point seven re six point seven rebounds for uh, Garrett and Danny. Finished with eight point six rebounds. Uh, that was two thousand and nine, and we are about to turn the page of two thousand twenty one. So uh, the role players, congratulations, the role players, the role players, and we still, still here, baby. Still here, dude. Six point, the six point eight point guys, man. We're still doing it. <laughs> Ain't that the yeah, truth? I, yeah. yeah. How many? There's Wayne Ellington, Ty Lawson, Tyler Hansbrough. That's three pros right there. Marcus uh, Thornton. Marcus Thornton. Marcus Thornton. Was Taz, Taz, was, Taz was, I would say Taz was a pro. My, my, my I mean, mind. Maybe, yeah, I mean. Taz and Mitchell. Real, realistic. Chris yeah. Johnson. Yeah. Yep. Man. Yeah, man. I'm man. looking at this box going now. It's throwing me back. Uh, Garrett, I know mean, you got to go, but. Uh, Appreciate again, the time, man. Appreciate the time, Just, man. Sure. Garrett, my guy. You're, you know, good luck, man. Rest of the way. I'm sure we'll cross paths soon, man. Um, good luck with those young guys. So everyone said, I'll tell Billy. I said, what's up? He's a Long Island guy, Billy Donovan. Um, always had a, you know what I'm saying, a great. Uh, St. Dom's? Was that St. Dom's? Billy Donovan? St. Dom's? I mean, I don't actually, I'm, sure, I'm not sure, but I know he's a Long Island guy. Yeah. You know, we always talk, shop it up when we can, when we not see him. But uh, yeah, man, good luck rest of the way, man. Tell everyone I said, what's up, man? Uh, safe sure. travel, safe quarantine, and safe flights. And uh, I'll see you soon, brother. Sounds good, man. Same Thanks, thing. Garrett. Tell Doc I say what's good. And then tell my okay. tiger, ben, ben, I say what's up.